Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, it's a damn well, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we're going to start with three keywords, peace and love. And unity. That's it, brother. The staples. The staples. We've all got a tattoo each. I'm Mr. Peace, you Mr. Love, and there's Mr. Unity there himself. How you doing, boys? Not bad, man. A wee bit sleepy. This is a late cast for you, I'll tell you. Jesus. Half past ten in the eve. It's because, though, um, we had a very, very special guest. I often say guest season, but, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Should we have a? Should we have intro music? You think? Could do, but then you, then you wouldn't. Oh, oh, I guess you could incorporate. Um, it's the damn well, fellas. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be like they tried to stop us in the industry again. <laughs> go, to, go to the bureaucrats. <laughs> <laughs> the man, the fat cats, the fat cats, bureaucrats, try to stop me and my awesome raps. There you go. Some, some new prime. Yes, very special guest coming up, Mr. Ross Layton. From Farlison, stay tuned for that one, podcast. <coughs> but in the meantime, let's try and let's try and keep this sleepy fellow up. Well, he's already done that. <laughs> <laughs> furious anger. I can only imagine how furious you've been. Snooze and boil. <laughs> Snooze and boil over there. Tell me about your week, fellas. Jump in. Jump right into it. Give me a bit of the sauce. The big Easter weekend. How did you celebrate the rolling of the eggs? I got up at 5am on Friday and painted 12 eggs with little dinosaur faces on them. Roll them down Primrose Hill. <laughs> Roll them uh-huh. after the Timber of London. What's your egg of choice? Uh, well, there's ve- the vegan egg. Well, that sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I'm not, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> you're not, you're you can actually tell you look, you look, you look furious. Crab at us. We crab at us. <laughs> this is kind of reminds me of the time. Remember, we went up to a, a lodge in Loch Fine to go and record. 
and we dropped drinking all that all night. Well, you use had. <laughs> I thought we were up there to record proper music, be a proper band. I thought we were up there to have a laugh like proper mates. It was like an open plan room. So it was Daz in the room, me in the room. <laughs> and I think it was just me and Daz in the room. In the other room, there was John, Finlay and Jamie. And uh, I sang songs all night. <laughs> no, you, you, you were singing and it was making me laugh. Oh, it was absolutely <laughs> infuriating. <laughs> it was going on for hours as well. It was like three hours. And it was at like seven o'clock in the morning or something. <laughs> I had to go and sleep in the studio. That's no exaggeration. It literally went on four hours. I was trying to listen to music and all that to like blare it. <laughs> I was just going over it. You're making me giggle like a wee lassie. I was, I was just in my bed. I was trying to go to sleep too, but I, I was just gig- giggling all night. The giggler. <laughs> Only times you can have with great friends. For any, for any podcast listeners out there, get yourself some great friends. <laughs> Laugh the night away. <laughs> so, how was your vegan egg? Delicious. <laughs> Absolutely delicious. <laughs> What were you, Jamie? Did you get in for Easter? I bought six eggs from Morrison's. Not Easter eggs, just eggs. Hopefully they weren't battery hens. No, I don't know. Free, free range. Free range, yeah. I had them on uh, tiger rolls. I think I had three rolls. Three rolls, but with four eggs distributed. So it was like a, an egg an egg and a bit. An egg, an egg and a third in every roll. How did you cook these eggs? The classic Jamie method? The microwave. <laughs> microwave for a minute, aye. <laughs> Nuke them. I hate how you make eggs, man. That is fucking boofing. Putting eggs in the microwave doesn't make sense to me, the space oven. It makes sense to me for a time perspective. Taste over time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose time is a big factor in your life now with the old, uh, your busy life and your shifts and your numerous jobs and your constant need for running. Where have you done your daily dance this week? I've done a wee, wee 20 miler yesterday. It ran Bells Hill, then over to Bodville, Uddingston, uh, Larkcom. Back over to Wishy. Do you ever find yourself getting lost in any of these runs? I got lost today uh, in the old Ravens Craig. Did you? See, because well, it used to be obviously at steel steelworks, but now it's like nature's reclaimed its like overgrown with trees, but there's still some kind of roads going through it. But mm-hmm. some of the roads have are becoming forests now. Uh, t- trees are coming through the tar and stuff like that. So right. I was lost for a wee wee ten minutes today. But if I well, I know how to get to. Towns, I know what I'm doing with the, the roads, the road signs are just there's no signage in the Ravens Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, not not often did I get lost, but I did get lost today. For him, it was kind of wondering what, what is the Ravens Creek you speak of? Well, the Ravens Creek Steelworks, it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually. It was actually Formed in 1859, uh, a major expansion of the Covels, the largest steel manufacturer in the United Kingdom before World War II, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was approved in July <laughs> 1954 by the Iron Steel Board. I actually think, if, I'm, if memory serves me right, in 1954, the first <laughs> stages of development began in the Ravens Craig, turning a green field into a site of steelworks. And by 1957, if memory serves me right, uh, there was several coke ovens, a by-product plant, a blast furnace and an open heart melting shop, which is just off the top. It's quite good stuff to remember. Definitely. Wondering where I was lost. <laughs> exactly. And do you know that in its current state, Kerr, that the Ravens Creek is one of the largest <laughs> derelict sites in Europe? <laughs> Measuring over 1,125 acres in size, the equivalent to 700 football pitches. No wonder I was lost. I tell you, it is quite amazing. Another wee fact about uh, the Ravens Creek is actually... Um, I think if I'm right, it's exactly 41 miles, 66 kilometres from Edinburgh and 393 miles, or 632 kilometres from London, where I stay. So I could get up there 
quite quickly if I wanted. <laughs> so last week we were obviously on. We discovered how to get absolutely massive on TikTok with a hilarious impressions. Hilarious impressions. They've went down extremely well. I mean, if I go on TikTok, uh, the plan is in full effect. So far, there is 274 views on the, the hilarious impressions. Moths to the flame. <laughs> it's definitely not our fault. It's definitely the app's fault. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we held up our end of the bargain by being hilarious. We were hilarious. Um, <laughs> must be a, techni- a technical issue. A glitch. A glitch in the TikTok. I'll need, I'll need to find out how to mail Mr. Talk and say, listen, this ain't ticket. <laughs> I was thinking for this next segment of the podcast, we should tune our voices up. So how we would sound talking if we were at two semitones up, how it would sound. Could do. That would would be noticeable. Just try to think of how how to make a podcast stand out from the others. This whole segment here could be in two semitones up or down, um, depending on which <laughs> way I go. <laughs> and that could that could bring a new dynamic to the podcast, which could make it go viral. Trippy. Trippy at the Tripcast. So, Jamie, you say a big sentence and let everyone hear what it's like when you're two semitones up. Right, I've, I've got a big sentence here. Doom and gloom seems to be the case for Equatorial Guinea. Which has one of the worst human rights records. It's also a Spanish-speaking country, and the only one in Africa to do so. It's potentially the richest place in Africa due to its oil reserves. However, most folk there live in extreme poverty. Fantastic. Now, Daz, if you were two semitones down, how would you sound? The Raven's Creek Steelworks, as well as the f- <laughs> <laughs> as well as the former former settlement of the same title, took its name from the nearby secluded cliff face called Raven's Creek. This translates as Ravens Craig or Cliff of the Ravens. <laughs> there you go. And uh, I'll, I'm actually pitch perfect. I don't need to be changed. So let's go. <laughs> A lot of people are like that. Have you heard what they're doing on that podcast? They're changing their pitch. Question for the cast. If there's one actor or musician that you could sit down and have... A pint of organic beer with who would it be? Uh, can they be dead or alive or both? They, can, they need to be alive. This is a factual study. What it here does. I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone that would be like. I was going to say like Prince or someone like someone that'd be like you'd be so like fucking. This is like a mad out of this world person. Like someone like Liam Gallagher that would be funny, mm-hmm. but he's quite a normal guy. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't be that. Like, I think having a pint with Prince would be more. Mad. Imagine Prince drinking a mad pint of Stella. Or Imagine sitting with him and having just like that kind of awkward silence. Aye, aye. It's just the two of you not going there. Right, what do you want to talk about? There's a bit in that Shane McGowan film. New one. I watched the other week and it was uh, Bobby Gillespie's in it. And they're talking. So Bobby Gillespie's, yeah, Shane McGowan. The first question he asked, Shane McGowan's like, Fuck you, I don't want to talk about that. And then it's just an awkward silence. And Bobby Gillespie's like, Would you want to talk about it then? And Shane McGinnis just like, I don't care what, like, it's like, as if, why am I doing this? Why is he doing it? Nobody knows. It's Johnny, De- Johnny Depp that's made it. Is it good? Ah, it's good. Nothing that, that I didn't know already, but. Good to re- refresh the memory. And who would your magical dinner be with, Jamie? Shane McGowan. Aye. But then he's, he's a bit of a, as much as I love him, he's a bit of a, a dick. Aye. So I, I don't know if. Uh, I know he's a big fan of the podcast as well, so hopefully maybe make him accept. Aye. What about uh, what about you, Kev? Uh, maybe Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Why Bradley Cooper? You want to ask him about that? That uh, a star is born. Ah, uh, ask him if he would do <laughs> a star is here, which is saying one about about me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Aye, <laughs> um, that would be quite good. I think sitting down with him would be pretty cool. I think he would really get me as well. So, shout out to Bradley. Yo, I think it's time we actually jump in about the old fucking Jai Jai, the old Jamie's Journal. Hit that bell, my friend. This is one I've been writing the DM a few days ahead. So, Tuesday, April the 6th. Geography's got a lot to answer for. Because of my strenuous and hectic learning schedule, I managed to flare up a recurring injury by consuming so much knowledge. My back is fucking killing me. It's fine when I'm moving about, and me and Nikki ran for an hour of the day, no issues, but it's sitting down and stoning back up that's giving me the ultra grief. It's a bad omen of what I might be like in my twilight years. It's really sad lying down as well, but somehow it alleviates my symptoms by lying in mad, twisted, contorted shapes like a bed-bound Houdini. It's aching to a gammy tooth that for some reason feels better when you prod away at it. Genuinely, I'm like an old cripple at times. I was going to the doctors for years. They were giving me x-rays, etc., but they knew it was a deal. It wasn't until I visited a physio that I got a wee prognosis. He said that my condition was going to keep getting worse the rest of my life, and it was nothing to do with my bones. It's all to do with my core muscles, or lack of. I can sweeten the deal by doing my exercises to combat this bastarditis. These include my daily plankathons, but admittedly this has succumbed lately in favour of eating ice creams and browsing for sheds. There's also been a good portion of sitting down time allocated to looking for new gutties. I've never really bought that much off the internet before, minus my wee drum pad the other week and a couple of stupid things off that Chinese website Wish a couple of years ago when I had an extremely brief romance with it. Because the stuff comes a few months later, I always felt like a wee bonus because I'd forgot all about them. I'd rather feel, touch and smell my proposed purchases in the physical dimension so it's led me doing umpteen different Bing searches, trying to find the right ones. I'm still undecided, though. Anyway, the real reason for my sore back at the minute is just down to cramming sheer amounts of unfiltered geographical information. <laughs> Who knew it could be so dangerous? Because I'm so far behind with this subject, and it's one of my favourites, I made sure to get all prepared, getting my back all nice and fucked for a session like no other, on the subject of one of man's weirdest inventions. Borders, specifically all the borders that make up the countries that begin with the letter E, but also a dash of D thrown in, starting with the tiny East African nation, Djibouti. John Lennon famously sang about imagining it was no countries. He said it wasn't hard to do, but that renders my geography lessons useless. Djibouti previously never used to have any borders, as it used to be part of France with the Italians and the British trying to claim over it due to its proximity to the Suez Canal, which is one of the only recent stories and news that I've followed. That big ship that got stuck in it. I loved that. I thought it was brilliant. It was a rare occurrence of this big international trade disaster that couldn't be pinpointed to anyone in particular. Just a mad accident. Dejabouti's also got this fucking unreal salty lake. It's the biggest outside Antarctica. It looks like a different fucking planet. The biggest boiling lake in the world, however, belongs to the island of Dominica in the Caribbean. 
It's another one the French and the Brits had squabbles over. It looks like possibly the nicest looking place you could ever imagine. To get to the airport, to the main towns, cause of the volcanoes, etc., you need to drive for an hour through the rainforest, where if you're lucky enough, you might spot the national bird, the Cicero parrot. This parrot features on the country's flag, and its purple feathers mean it's the only flag in the world, apart from the Balearic Islands, to include this royal colour. Also, purple pigmentation was well hard to make back in the day, only reserved for royalty, which is why it's so rare on flags. Speaking of flags, the Dominican Republic holds the honour of being the only one to have a Bible on it. Christopher Columbus discovered Dominica, naming it after the day he found it. Dominica is Latin for Sunday, but what a lot of people don't know is that Chris had a wee brother, and his name was Bartholomew, and he was the one that found the Dominican Republic. The national dish is called Dominican flag, but don't expect to be in any Bibles or a flag. It's actually prepared with chicken, beans and rice. Their national sport is baseball, and the players are highly sought after in the US, where many of them go to earn some dollars. Dollars happens to be the currency, the wee to East Timor, which shares an island with a bit of Indonesia. It's the only Asian nation to be fully under the equator. However, unlike the Dominican Republic, their national dish is corn and peri-peri spices, instead of the staple diet of rice familiar through the rest of Asia. The Portuguese held this territory for centuries, and they still speak the language there. In the capital, Dili, the architecture is reminiscent of European colonisers. They've also got this massive statue of Christ, much like the other big former Portuguese colony, Brazil, except this one's a wee bit shorter, coming in at 27 metres to Rio's 28. When it came to Easter Island, I only gave it a tiny slice of my time. Wouldn't even bother to find out anything the note. I watched some documentary about how aliens planted the famous big heats. It was so full of pish, plus it's not a full nation state as it belongs to Chile. So it got patched for the next country, which is further up South America's coastline, Ecuador. Alongside Chile, Ecuador is the only country in the continent not to share a border with big bad Brazil. There's over 1,600 types of our feathered friends in this wee country, with 16 million people, with a massive condor being its national animal. However, most folk, and I don't think I've actually met an Ecuadorian person, but they much prefer guinea pigs. The biodiversity here is what made Darwin begin his studies into evolution. Ecuador's name comes from the Spanish word for equator, which goes right through the middle of it. Such a variety of indigenous wildlife and plants belong to the Galapagos Islands that it became the world's first UNESCO heritage site to preserve its worldly wonders. Arguably, the most famous UNESCO site would have to belong to Egypt. They've got these big triangle things that sit in the sand and they can't know what they're all about. Except YouTube. Much like Easter Island, these aliens seem to have chosen special areas around the world to ply their otherworldly trade. A thing I found interesting when reading about Egypt's history is that the country up until the British left after the war is that it was never actually ruled by Egyptians. Romans, Greeks, Kurds and Ottomans and the SNP have all claimed to this fascinating place. I don't know what I've tried to write the SNP. (laughs) 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 I don't know if I've tried to make a joke there and then didn't get it. I'd love to go and see the aliens' triangles one day. A common misconception is that these aliens use slaves to build the triangles. However, can you really be a slave if you're paid a gallon of beer a day? Which was the case according to Bing. 
If that really was the case, then I'd be considered a slave, seeing that I make about the same amount playing the drums. I don't think I could quite handle a gallon, though, these days. Egypt's another country to have a bird on its flag. It looks like a big eagle. I was reading about this old king, King Pepe, which is already a great name, took the throne at six years old and ruled for 94 years, which blows Queen Biff's right out the water. King Pepe used to cover all his slaves in honey so that the flies would stay away from him. When I'm slaving away in the drums, I'm usually covered in sweat, which does the opposite and attracts the flies. <laughs> Next, we're on to El Salvador, which I don't know much about, apart from the notorious gang, MS-13, which I'm assuming doesn't stand for multiple sclerosis. <laughs> El Salvador, like Ecuador, Dominican Republic and East Timor before it, used the US dollars. It's the only country in Central America not to have a coast in the Caribbean, and the only Latin country to have some sojis stationed in Iraq. I wonder if it's the multiple sclerosis 13 they sent to battle with the jihadis. <laughs> that sounds like the best film ever, and I think I've just come up with my next great idea. There's also a river here called Big River, and a few islands known simply as Islands. In a place full of interesting names, it reminds me of Tolkien writing Lord of the Rings, being all creative to have the most important place in it, in the full series called Mount Doom. <laughs> Doom and gloom seems to be the case for Equatorial Guinea, which is one of the worst human rights records. It's also <laughs> a Spanish-speaking country and the only one in Africa to do so. It's potentially the richest place in Africa due to its oil reserves. However, most folk live there in extreme poverty. Uh, and that was, that was Tuesday so far. <laughs> Jai Jai and our Jamie's Journal for the books. Fairly coming along this, I'll tell you. Fairly coming along. If it were to jump in and just a wee timestamp in on you at the moment, how are you feeling about your progress with said book? I don't know. I think like there's some days where I've done it, but for example, I'm not necessarily like, trying to be funny with it. Like if it's something funny comes in, I'll write it. Not that anybody necessarily thinks it's funny, but like I'm not trying to think of Aye, aye. Gags as such, so I think it's too hard. Like a lot of the ones that are particularly dull. But as it's, it's a dull time, nothing. Like, I wish I'd done this when we were on tour or something like that, or a few years ago when. Having too much fun, though. Aye, aye, exactly. Aye. Also, feel free if you need any uh, hilarious patter or, or impressions. <laughs> come, come, come. <laughs> come with me and Daz. We'll figure out. We could, we could write. Books of our own, just on jokes alone. Joke books. Joke yeah, books. A team of writers. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of writers, I think it's time that we now treat you to what you've all been waiting for, the uh, the world exclusive interview with Ross Layton from Farson. Fire in the booth, feel that hunger in my stomach, got them beat it when I roll. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. My, oh my, here we are. It's been on the forums, it's been circulating, it's been like, uh, when will De Niro and Pacino make another movie together? Let's get them in the same room. When will Dre and Snoop reunite? When will Lilo and Stitch patch things up? We finally get to sit down to Scottish heavyweights and chop it up. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Hanging in there, getting on. You getting a laugh? Uh, most of the time I'm getting a laugh. Sometimes I'm getting a being that pure bored of living in the house, but fine. Do you know what I mean? I think this whole last year has been fine. That's a good, uh, a good way to put it. A fine year. <laughs> You've been doing a fine bit of recording, you could say. Did do a fine bit of recording, did a fine bit of making a record, eh? When the fine lockdown limits were uh, <laughs> permitted. Uh, we went down to London and made a record. I mean, that's album number four. Lucky number four. Your debut fourth album. You only get one time to write your, fir- your first fourth album. <laughs> <laughs> How did it differ recording this time? Ended up writing it all on Zoom. Right. <laughs> so a lot of latency issues then. A lot of Ross lighting, a lot of Ross latency going on the go. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely what I'm calling this podcast, Ross latency. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sounded a bunch of writing. I went out to Nashville in November before the event, and then uh, <laughs> the event, <laughs> the event, uh, and then wrote some tunes out there, and then met some folks. I met a girl called Steph Marziano who ended up producing the record and writing a couple of tunes on it. And then over the summer, I was just getting uh, passed about on Zoom. You met a, a woman over there and you, you got on so well that you said, you know what, come and write on our record. That's what happened. Pretty much. So I sat down at dinner and like, so I went over to do this writing camp thing and then do a couple of other bits. And then just, it was kind of like, you know, like, it was almost like Crash, like songwriter Crash. Everyone was like that. We're going to have a nice dinner and everyone's going to meet everyone. <laughs> this person's from Cincinnati. Icebreakers. Yeah. Yo, Kilmarnock. Oh, a wonderful football team. And then just like a couple of things like that. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of tidbits about us from the local area. Um, and then it turns out she had done uh, all the pre-mix and worked with the guy who mixed Open Book. She was like, you don't know me, but I've worked on one of your records. And I was like... Was she a Yankee Doodle? Was she an American? So she's from Philadelphia but lives in London and went to Lippa. I just lived over here for like 10 years. So I just went down to Iraq in London, made the record, I went out to her studio for a couple of days and then did some stuff with Bruce uh, Rintoul, obviously, famed boy. OG. Uh, OG. <laughs> See this bird? Is this the bird that's um, 
produced like fucking for Haley Williams and Kasabian and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Circle Waves, Sam Smith, Radiohead, Next, Fallison, Unreal. <laughs> yeah, man, fucking scenes. So she came on board. We made a record. We're just still sort of mixing and adding bits. Did some stuff with Bruce. Did some stuff with Danny Morgan Ball, who was in uh, Blue Americans and More Than Conquerors, who have written two of the singles I wrote with Danny over Zoom. Wrote another single with this guy called Rich Turvey, who does all the Blossom stuff. Cool. Did a couple of my own just to see if I could still do it. Could you? Uh, the proof will be in the pudding, Jamie. Do you know what I mean? We'll see which ones. When mine get 800 streams. <laughs> <laughs> when, when are you hoping for it to be out? Once once it's finished and once we can be like sound and do all the bits we want to do, you know what it's like. Like, oh, none of us know what it's like trying to make music videos and trying to make all that kind of stuff when you're like, you can't be anywhere close to anybody or anything. And you go, well, this crowd scene's going to be a little bit difficult. Once everything sort of calms down a wee bit and everyone gets to get into that lovely bottleneck of 2022 where everyone and their aunties releasing a record, I think that's probably our time to shine. Do you know what I mean? I think that'll be where we carve our niche in the ACDCs and the Rolling Stones of this world and we just fucking fling out. <laughs> is, this a, is this a kind of new thing you writing with other people then? Because like, Fatherson 1 to 3, all you wrote that? So there's two songs on some of all your parts. There's a song called Charm School. Another song called Gratitude. I wrote Gratitude by a guy called Duck. Aye. Um, mm-hmm. And then I wrote Charm School with Chris and Danny from Blue Americans and the Boys because Chris was playing in the band at the time. But like, I, I like to do it. I did a lot of stuff over the lockdown for other folk. So it's been cool. I'm just interested in the fact that, you know, even if I look at us, we've never written with MDLs outside of the camp. So. I think to go to that an album four would be a nice a nice thing to do, man. But I just don't know how how it would feel if it's weird or what's the difference. I, I don't know, man. I just sort of hit a bit of a time where I was like, don't have all the ideas in the world, then I want to see what else is out there. Whether that be for stuff I'm going to use or for stuff that other people are going to use, I was just like, yeah, mm. we we end up doing things your own way, and then you go like, lots of other people do things different ways. So I was just like, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, some of the some of them don't work. I've I've written some absolute howlers that I thought other folk were going to use, and then I've listened back and been like, oh my good god. But you don't know. It's a gamble. It's a roll of dice. Do you know what I mean like how do you know the folk? You like we're in a kind of weird position where we're in bands with folk that we grew up with from a young age. Aye. That also does doesn't doesn't really happen for most people. Now, what's your theory on that? Is it because and I, I say this with no jest, no joke? Because we're all incredibly sound, funny, likeable people. Handsome. Handsome as well. Why is that not a thing anymore? What, the folk don't just like start bands when they're in school and then just keep it going for ever and ever and ever in a day? Why is not everybody as stupid as us? We also, kind of like, not to put years on us, but like, I remember it being like when we were like 16, 17, it was amazing if one person where you grew up had a computer that you could record music on. I know. It was like a big thing. Especially in Kilmarnock. Exactly, we had to outsource. We had to bring stuff in for Irvine. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Got a sound card for Giffnock. It's on the X76 now. <laughs> but that was like a, a pure thing. I mean, I honestly remember recording stuff when I was like 16 or 17 with a SingStar microphone because it was all I had. I think there's that. And, and it's also like, 
you got to really want to hang out with those folk. Yeah. That sort of gives you a purpose. To, it's like more than a football team. It's more than a Sunday. The thing you do most is travel and, and be with these people in confined spaces. So you have to... You have to all go on. What's the what's the difference between the last three and this record then? I've got an idea. I was thinking about like, because a lot of your first songs were had a aquatic theme. <laughs> They're always a bit like rivers and islands and all that sort of stuff. I thought when you said you'd run out of ideas recently, I thought, what about like, if you've not wrote the lyrics not for yet, it could be like Cosmo-based. <laughs> 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 Making the songs a bit like planets and interstellar <laughs> madness <laughs> uh, here lucky number five Hi. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth element these could all be dressed as spacemen I uh, just patch those suits and just come out in big helmets and just bounce about <laughs> 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 There's a space for it, man. There's always a space for it. Yeah, it's a good pun. That's a good pun. How is it? Uh, how is it? How is it different? I wrote probably most of the stuff. I mean, I wrote it all on the computer. <laughs> Microsoft Sam. Just a bunch of clip art put to sound. <laughs> Amazing. Like, for instance, it's no drum and bass or anything like that, is it still the same father we know? No, like, I'd say it probably isn't, and that's the, probably the scary bit. It is basically just Jungle is Massive. <laughs> I mean, it's just like 12 solid pounding tunes. With me going, Space is oh, massive. The water, space is huge. Uh, <laughs> space is massive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, ended up going through a period of time where... I was just buying bits, like just go on eBay and just buy like crap, bro like half broken things for like 14 quid in an attempt to maybe be the most hipster guy out. And then I was like, that actually sounds pretty cool. So I bought a wee OP1 and I bought a couple of other keyboards and stuff like that and then ended up just sort of delving into that a bit. And what I was trying to do is, and as an exercise kind of like, maybe top line tracks so maybe not start me start out with a chord progression or me start out with like the vibe and just send Aye. out and work with people and be like cool well i know that i would never do that so let me see what i would do with that you know mm. instead of it be like i can always start and go like oh sad songs about being sad and sad like i just wanted to like have some somebody else come in and just, and then almost be like, I did things that were probably quite dancey, and then stripped it back, and was like, is that song good? And then built it back up from there, and things like that. I mean, one of the singles is like, very like, M83. Wow. Like, meets sort of more gospel stuff. Like, I kind of like, a couple of years ago, fell into that sort of, Frank Ocean-y, no-name... Says uh, that sort of vibe, and that was pretty much what I was writing. And any sessions I was going into, I was trying to like steer it in that direction, even if it wasn't for me. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a kind of element of like it's indie rock music played by the same three guys it always has, but some elements have got a bit more like it's not rock band does synths, it's something else. Do you know what I mean rock bands does synths? Is like. <laughs> 
you know, it's got this sort of like weird like ah. <laughs> it's not that. It's pretty, pretty chill. You know what it's like. You've been doing it forever. It's a great way to segue into another question here. Then, um, obviously, doing it for this amount of time, fourth album now, sounds like you're searching for a new way to write, something new to try. How do you feel overall about where you are as a band and 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 music as a a landscape right now? Fucking hell! Some of these questions are amazing. <laughs> uh... I mean, I feel like incredibly lucky that I still get to just make music with my pals, you know, and that over the last 10 years, mm-hmm. we'd still managed to go and play shows and you get to go and discover new places and like, and do that. I think, um, it's been cool. I think, you know what it's like, you know, it's just nice to try new things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And I think we're at that point, especially in a re- relationship with each other to be able to be like that's shite and no one be like that <laughs> 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 was my magnum opus do you know what I mean it's like is it true that you all still don't like Greg that's <laughs> 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 the rumour <laughs> no it would definitely come round to him <laughs> Nah, he's a good boy. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Greg, one of the best boys, one of the best boys. In terms of where music is now, I think everybody now has an opportunity. I think things are becoming a lot cheaper for people to make music and people are just getting more creative and that whole ability to be on the internet and doing things across the world is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, was that Steve Lacey, the guy who does the internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who records all that and he's in that band. Uh, he doesn't do the internet as a concept. Is it, I was going to ask that, is the internet a band or something? <laughs> yes, the internet's a band. Also, is, is M83 a band? Because I wasn't sure if that was just like songs that were about Doncaster or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> in my head they're that do 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 Yeah, that's it. That fucking... Is that no popcorn? <laughs> yeah, M83 and Chelsea. Made in Chelsea, that's it, that's it. Surely you should know that, Jamie. Well, come on. Right, the last new band I heard was Kings of Leon. Nineteen ninety seven. What's a regular day for you at the moment, Ross? What's what's happening in a regular day? At the moment, I've just been jobbing about. Do you know I mean, I'm just sort of like, we wrote a record, we've done that, I do some rights, and then I was doing some work with NHS. So. Just like... Uh, Doing the vaccine line and stuff like that, and just helping folk get their vaccine rescheduled. And ah, stuff like that. nice. It was cool. It was nice to like. It definitely felt like a good time to, or a good thing to take up time when everything's sort of shut just now. Definitely. And uh, it's nice to have nice conversations with folk that were excited about something. I imagine fucking getting a jag from sorted from Ross and Fallison. Honest to God, right? So every single person that I spoke to thought I was a robot. I must have put on my best, like, Visit Scotland voice when I answered the phone. Use it then. Thank you for calling the NHS Scotland vaccination <laughs> schedule. Right. So I was just sitting doing it like that. And honestly, folk are like, yes, no, yes. And then you'd be like, are you a real, are you a real, are you a real person? I'd be like, yeah, I'm a real person. Oh, Jesus, son. I thought I was talking to one of the computers. Like, honestly, <laughs> happened about 20 times a day. So that made me laugh. 20 laughs a day. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. So I did that for a wee while. And then I'm just 
doing other bits and bobs and just making tunes. What are you missing? Uh, what are you missing most about the the gigging scene? What's your What's your country? Is your favorite? What's your favorite country to go and play at? Venue, all that good stuff. Let's take it back to the good times. I don't know. I was like playing in Germany, so hopefully we can still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Germany so... has got to be one of my favorite countries to play in. 100%. Why do you think Europe is so much better than the UK for treating bands? I don't know, I always found, like, I remember the first show I ever did in Europe and someone just asked me a question like I was a human being and I was like, oh my god, what's going on here? And I don't think, I don't think that's entirely uh, different from some places in the UK, but some places are like, they're not very happy to see you even though you've sold out tickets. I know, it's fucking <laughs> mental, isn't it? You're like, this is, this is exactly the best that this can go in here. Uh, exactly the best. Like <laughs> it can't it can't be any like if there's two hundred fifty people here and a whole two hundred fifty people, that's like, we're at the plateau of how good this can be. <laughs> you don't need me. You don't need to be a dick to me about it. Like, um, but then with the crowd that you attract, then I can imagine some of the venues are like, we can't have these guys back. There's just too much fighting and skinheads. It is, it is pretty rowdy. Do you still spit in the crowd's faces? <laughs> I try, I try to do that as often as I can, but I'm getting a bit older, so I'm getting a bit cotton mouthy. So I've got, I've got, I've got a guy that does that for me. Now. Greg, <laughs> Greg, Greg does it. Uh, Greg, Greg, no, Greg's getting good at going. Baba da da. It's just the usual one, one ritual sacrifice and a couple of spits, and then just try and get everybody out the door as quick as possible. Favorite venue in Germany, Ross? Oh, there's a place called the UT Konovitz in Leipzig. That is amazing. Like it's an old theater. We did it with Augustine's. It's an old theater that's survived both world wars. So it's like, in terms of stuff you can do, it's ancient. We can put this out as a history podcast now. The UT Konovitz has been standing proudly for. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was always cool. We played in a place in Freiburg, right? And find the name of the venue. Because basically we got there and there was three tickets sold, right? And the guy was like, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and then by the end of the night, it was absolutely heaving. But the place was called... Oh, it's amazing when something like that happens. It was, it was so good. The guy was just stood behind the bar being like, see? And I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, trying to find it. So that was good. And also that day, I'll never forget because we came into that place... Okay, so the the gig's called the Great Rang Tang Tang, right? Which I just right. thought was great. That says nothing about what that place is. You just walk past <laughs> the street and be like, oh, we're playing tonight at the Great Rang Tang Tang. It's like that fucking Zoltan from Big. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it? So, uh, but we'd got into there and we're like at the town square or whatever. And this like coach stopped and about 60 people dressed like the mask got out, right? I was like, oh, that's, like, I really want to find part two of that story. Do you know what I mean? When you're just driving past and you're like, well, I'll never see that again. And then I was out the front of that great Rang Ting Ting place making a phone call and all I could hear was, I ran around the corner and it was like 60 people as a brass band dressed as the mask outside the Salvation Army, right? Fucking hell. Like, just doing the gig to, like, raise money. And I was like, do you know those moments in your life where you go, like, Never thought this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> the last shows we did in Germany, before the event, we were actually on tour with Lewis. Getting the Capaldi tour, man, that's 
that's I suppose at that time as well maybe the biggest tour you could be doing in the world <laughs> yeah I reckon so yeah aye I know bonkers it just happened from a text message which was cool and it was fun like it was basically the west of Scotland on tour for three weeks in Europe that'd be brilliant man it was really fun yo we fucking played Wembley as well yeah I mean wow <laughs> I need bother <laughs> Yes, so I did. <laughs> yeah, yes, so I did. Before, before the what, event. What, what, what one was that again? <laughs> Aye, that was mental. Well, basically, right, here's the deal. So, we did the Europe part of the tour, and then we weren't doing the UK part of the tour, right? And then the event seemed to snowball, right? So, mm-hmm. we ended up getting Wembley and Aberdeen because the bands that were on tour were American and had to go home, right? Right. So I'd made a, I don't know what I was thinking about at the time, but I'd sort of made this decision where we're going to do those Lewis shows and then I basically just cut all my hair off, right, and cut it. I was like, I'm not going to see anyone for the next, like, two months because we've got shows, right? So I was like, I don't know, I was just feeling, do you know what I I just was feeling mental. I was like, right, we're done that tour. I'm going to shave, I'm going to shave my head and then I'm going to go back out in May and hopefully my beard will have grown back and I won't look like a 10 year old and then literally five days later they were like you need to come do these gigs and I was like for fuck's sake (laughs) (laughs) and it was like amazing to play Wembley but I was stood there being like you look like a fucking thumb in a pink suit do you know what I mean I was like this is is not what I thought like when I was like a wee boy being like I'm gonna play Wembley one day I was like I would definitely not be looking like this so uh (laughs) The lockdown's been pretty handy for me, actually, because I got to... Yeah, you've got it back. You don't look like changed whatsoever. There you go. Why did you Why did you cut everything off? Was it, did you need a release? I'd ask this question to a couple of people, and I'll ask it to you guys as well, because we've known each other for a long time, right? So, what, more than 10 years? Mm-hmm. And see, if you were to draw yourself, mm-hmm. what would you look like? Really good. I don't think I could do myself justice. <laughs> see when see when you think of yourself in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. What do you, like? What do you look like? Anytime I thought of myself, I would never think I had long hair. I had long hair for years. Yeah. Well. Okay. Uh huh. I get you. I get you there. I'd go back I to can, the picture of yo, myself I can, in my I, mind. Was I like, can still see you. See. See when I think of you, you do look how you look at the moment. To be fair, but I can quickly, and I often do it when I do think of you. I think back to. First meeting you in Classic Grand when you were the, under the band name Energy and you had yeah. short hair, the burns, the sideburns. The burns, yeah, man. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can see that really clearly in my... I mean, this was so interesting for him to listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, very visual what's happening. Uh, but, but I can I can see that. That's, that's, that's a good point. I don't know how... I mean, Jamie, that's a good question. You are looking like the son of God himself at the moment, the big beard and the, the Jesus vibe. Do you, in your head, look like that now? Uh, no, I don't know. I, I, I know what you mean, Ross. I don't think uh, myself is having, like, really long hair. I suppose mm-hmm. it's not really long, but it's, like, it's long longer than I usually have it. Yeah. But, uh, recently, I've been getting called Charles Manson and Bobby Sands <laughs> and all sorts of things. <laughs> the classics. You know I, mean? <laughs> I used to get when I had short hair and wayfarers I used to get some guy came up to me and was like are you Roy Orbison's love child <laughs> nice to meet you there pal Hi. Um, but I had just come back and I was like I was like I don't think I look like this but then I just had a wee moment where I was like in my head I don't look like this but I've looked like this for years I wonder what I look like how I used to look and I was like 
made the right decision a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you, man. When you are touring with somebody like Lewis, as opposed to touring with somebody like Enner Shikari, mm-hmm. don't worry, mate, I'll, I'll keep name dropping for you. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> Lewis obviously is a fucking international one of top five artists in the world or whatever. Enter Shikari are like a, a, band's, a band. band's band. So the people that will come and see Shikari will be these kind of diehards, been with them since day one, independent, whereas Lewis fan base will be more kind of casual listeners. They've heard him on the radio, they like his Instagram videos. Obviously Lewis are playing much bigger crowds. But what is the kickback in terms of kind of fan engagement? You know, them showing back up at your shows after they've seen you support an act like that. How does it differ? Unfortunately, due to the event, oh, I can't yeah, give course. you real-time data on that. But um, <laughs> in terms of the, the reception and stuff, it was great. I mean, it was a bit like... I don't know, I can have this sort of weird... Thing where I understand playing the game to tailor your set to who you think you're going to be playing to, but mm-hmm. then I also hate to falsely represent that because if they were like, "What a lovely folky band, mm-hmm. lovely couple of lovely tunes," and then they come on and something goes like, "Bang bang," it's like, "Who the fuck?" Is this? <laughs> Do you know it's like, "What? What? That's not what I signed up for." So, um, in terms of the reaction and stuff like that, super good. Shikari is like, obviously loyal that's like a loyal like i wouldn't even say i think they've got like a fairly widespread mainstream appeal now shikari and i think they definitely had they've definitely had a massive fan base for a long time yeah yeah like absolutely worked hard but also the i know what you're saying about like pop stars zeitgeist pop stars don't Mm -hmm. often have people that have paid five pound to get the broadcast at the show yeah yeah yeah. right i mean so that's there's the difference there. So it's like Shikari is the benefit of a music population, a music driven population that love music. So they would go, they've been in those pubs where they've been beer chucked over them and it mm-hmm. didn't get on their good going out shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> aye, aye. Do you know what I mean? There's like a difference there where it's like people go to concerts three times a year and people go at 150 gigs a year. Right. Aye. So there's, there's that sort of differentiation. But from the people that I met, after the shows, um, and you know, you were trying to keep it a bit like stoom because you know the event was on the horizon. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to get too in about it. But everyone I met, especially like maybe people like 17 to 22 and stuff like that, because I think Lewis for me is a different kind of pop star in terms of that. Because if you take it away from someone you love, like there's lots of just great fucking songs on that record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're like, the show is bandy. It's not Aye. like, it's not like this sort of. It's bandy more than it is poppy. Aye. You know, it's it's not gone like that whole, Amory, Jesse J, that sort of thing. But it's like, ba ba da ba 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 ba. It's pure like yeah, this yeah. funky f- show. Fell every that. fucking like four bars. <laughs> and there's like just horn stabs and songs that are yeah. you know just yeah. about nothing to do with it. <laughs> Right, which I get from from like a visual point of view. Like if you go see someone like Lizzo, that show is just unbelievable. And it's pretty much just a DJ four dancers and this incredible goddess in the middle of it going like just holding your attention. But there's none of that sort of it's, it was like a band show. 
And obviously, like, so, like, Andy, who used to play with us, is now playing with him, so there's, like, and lots of the boys and stuff like that, so it's, like, it's a good band, and it's bandy, and it's not poppy, so it's almost like he's, like, this international pop star that loves bands, rather than, like, an international pop star that wants to be a pop star. In fact, he's a complete anti-pop star. He just so happens to be the world's fucking biggest. <laughs> Aye. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it was cool. Would I say that we were to the taste of everyone that was in the audience every night? No. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Everybody <laughs> said. But I think what we got from it was that sort of... So it was nice to see if what you've been doing in your own rooms can translate into bigger rooms, especially <laughs> with people that don't know you. Totally. And I think that's half the battle. What I would say in terms of, like, his audience, especially in Europe, everyone was there from the get-go. There was none of this, like, two-thirds yeah. of the people arrive halfway through his third song or something like that. It was, like, folk were there to watch the music. I, I generally find uh, the European crowds are certainly more like that anyway. For sure. You done the fucking Academy, your biggest show, headline show, O2 Academy, which mm -hmm. we are also about to follow suit and do later this year. Of course. If the event permits. How was that, man? Well, it's interesting because you'll be finding that out on Friday the 20th of August, is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was class, man. It was, it was, it's one of those things that especially as you're growing up, it's aspirational. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those, like the Barras and the Academy in terms of like aspirational venues. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to sell out Hall Ford and SCC in the Hydro. I'd love that. That'd be class. Because I could go and like get the fancy chips. Do you know what I mean? It'd be class. But <laughs> um, I think in terms of that, for that to have been in our reach at the time was just class. And then we got to just like put on a cool show in a room that we'd always wanted to play in. And we had enough scope to be like, we've got three records worth of music right now and we can make a show in this room yeah all these things happen for a reason i think i mean it's like you can't be you would be ill-equipped if these things had happened earlier i mean at that point we got to put an hour and a bit's worth of music on that we were like this is solid it's hit after hit i mean that's pretty much all three records anyway it's basically just what like 36 hits I mean, I, I, I don't know how to make anything but hits, so... We realised pretty early on that we were spending quite a long time on the misses, right? And we're going, it's a, it's a waste of time. <laughs> what are we doing? It's not hit or miss, do you know I mean? We should just be all hit, all the time. I remember writing one bad song and I thought, that's the last I do that. <laughs> <laughs> last before I let you go, man, right? Talk me through the fucking pizza game. Well, I mean, we're doing podcast shit that's still in the audio field. How did you just become chefs? Mark and Greg are uh, like amazing chefs. Like ridiculous. I can cook a dinner, right? And I like cooking a dinner, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't make bad dinners, right? But they're like, well, how about we have like a mushroom reduced foam on top of the foie gras this evening, darling? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just this. But it's like such a passion. Greg's a bit more slapdash and ends up making things that are just like delicious. And Mark is like methodically just gets it. Do you know I mean so? Uh, basically, we we've done a couple of pizza things, and we're going to continue to do them next summer and stuff like that. And then hopefully, should it transpire, we're going to do like ten episodes of a cooking show. I do. Is speculation true that you're going to open up a chain of father stores? Father stores. 
<laughs> bad slices. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there has been some chat about that and about maybe opening a place and stuff like that. But essentially, for the next two years, as everybody wants to, I want to put a record and be on tour for two years. I mean, Aye. so that all of that can sort of happen after that. But in terms of cooking show, because we did some stuff with Pisano and stuff like that, where we went in and we learned how to like cook in there and then we traded our dough with their dough and they made pizza with our stuff and we made pizza with their stuff and stuff and we had like a proper conversation which was cool um and then we so wait, wait, i mean what do you factor in this are you just the fucking face of it you're just you're the main man so it doesn't matter if you make microchips you're still the fucking the one they're coming to well the two the two bus drivers are behind you there <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I'm, I'm yet to find what my what my thing will be i think i'll be like condiment man Condiment man, a little bit of pattern delivery, and then everyone else can just make the food. That'll be fine. Um, I don't know. I think they have a definite passion for it, and I love it. And I like. I think I will basically be like, you know, when they get folk on Sunday brunch and the guy teaches them how to make. Anything, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll probably be the goon that gets taught how to make stuff and be like, today we're gonna make a mayonnaise out of such and such, and I'll be like, oh, I didn't know you could do that, so that's cool. Um. <laughs> So, I'm I'm quite looking forward to seeing how that dynamic goes. I think we're going to end up doing some like competitiony style things where there's like, you know, you need to make something from from this like cuisine but with these ingredients, and you've got 20 minutes. Oh shit! And that sort of stuff just to be like, kind of like take on all these amazing things and have like some sort of variation on like a ready steady cook type thing for an episode or two, and then a thing, and then just hang out and make food. And I think the interesting thing, the thing that I want to do with it, and hopefully after the event we'll all come through, is like, um, I'm more interested in like the people behind those restaurants and stuff like that. So I, like, I want to go in and find out why they started this thing. Oh, I think what you you've know, done is you've talked yourself into your role. You are the interviewer. You are the man who goes behind the stove. <laughs> behind the stove. <laughs> I'm going to nick that, man. That's, that's it. That's, there'll be a wee segue. So start with the two of them. Fucking Chef 1 and Chef 2 cooking up. Martin Greg. And then there'll be a wee bit when that's cooking. Well, that's in the oven. We'll pan over to Ross. And you're like, hi, guys. I'm behind the <laughs> stove here with Gary, who used to be a plumber. Now he's found his passion for baked potatoes. And it's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you go straight in it. Skin on, skin on or skin off, Gary. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I like. I'm. I quite like all the, hearing people's stories about how they got involved and stuff like that because you meet people in restaurants in various places that have got totally mad life stories. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I want to get out. I think we're going to try and go lobster fishing in North Berwick. <laughs> and just go, go out on the boat, <laughs> go in the boat, and then talk to all the old boys and be like, "So what?" What's been happening? They'd be like, well, it's been a, you know, it's been a hard year, but, uh, do you know, like, I love all that stuff. So I think my role will mainly be a guy that burns stuff and uh, learns how to cook stuff and they will completely be in their element. So, like, I think the cooking my fathers and stuff has just ended up taking a bit of a seat because everything's sort of taking a bit of a seat this year. But I think, uh, Coming out of the gate, we should have in the next year or so a record and and a Michelin star. Finally, finally get it written about in the Daily Record. <laughs> <laughs> when the fire it's a little heat. Promise when I'm feeling back up on my feet. Shelter from the rain, running with the drips. 
I would rather die than be cut off from my roots Breathe the fire or at least a little heat with me I promise when I feel it back up on my feet And we shiver from the rain running with the troops Never cut off from my roots like hold Fantastic chat there with Mr. Layton himself, Ross Layton, as we call him. Fantastic cast once again, episode number 55-0. That's uh, quite the feat, quite the feat indeed. So, big shout out to the, the patrons who are coming in thick and fast. Every week I look on, I see another one and I get to know them. Um, let me see who we've got this week I can give a wee shout out to. Three new ones. Um, so shout out to the first of all Shout out to Finch When I hear Finch, when I see Finch uh, I certainly think uh, a name with a lot of prowess A lot of prowess A little rhyme for Finch um, Nice one So <laughs> <laughs> That's Finch uh, After that we've got one of my favourites It's Amy Cowie Thank you Amy Thanks Amy um, big shout out to Amy. What would you say about Amy? Are we, are we riddled with Amy? Quite a good one. And then last but not least, the newest member, uh, it's Jill McDonald. Any relation to uh, Trevor? Could be a relation to Trevor, exactly. Could or, be. Or, or old. She could have a farm. She could indeed. That's fucking lovely. See, you see these people coming in week after week, month after month, sticking with us, joining up. Word is spreading. Before we know it, we'll have our own political party. The patrons. Shout out to Joe McDonald. It's fucking lovely to have you with us. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. For all those who would like to be part of the worldwide phenomenon, the movement, the young renegades, as we call ourselves, the young renegades, the uh, the 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 people with a cause, uh, the, the, the buck under, wild. The underdog. The underdogs. The, the, the smashers of the bureaucrats. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was your bar about the bureaucrats? <laughs> the, <laughs> the fat cats and the bureaucrats. You want to get one of these delicious wraps? <laughs> you can join. You can join. Uh, feel free to do so. And as we say on the cast, um, I say peace. Dad says what? Uh, unity. <laughs> I think it's the wrong one. Think, but, <laughs> but sorry, Jamie, are you Jamie unity? Love you. You dashed these out earlier on. Sorry, sorry. That's I, 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 I've got a tattoo of unity according to you. So <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'm being uh, I'm being love. Uh, peace, love, and unity, man. Uh, and as we say on the cast, good night, Vienna. Good night, Vienna. Good night, Vienna. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.